1: Welcome to Colorado Issues. I'm your host, David Van The overall purpose of this show is to highlight non-political topics that are of benefit to our listeners. And I can't think of a more apt subject than taking a closer look at the benefits and services that are provided by the Small Business Administration. And I can't think of a more suitable representative than Dan Nordberg, the newly appointed Region 8 Administrator. Dan, welcome. Thanks for taking the time to visit with us today. Well,
0: good morning, David. Thanks so much for having me.
1: Absolutely. So first off, Can you give our listeners just a quick and dirty on your background and how you came to be the regional administrator?
0: Yeah, well, sure, and thanks again for the time this morning. Um, I am, you know, today's radio anniversary marks my one-and-a-half-month anniversary on the job. So I am recently appointed to this position. um, For some bit of my history, the past five years I served in the Colorado Legislature and uh, specifically the Colorado House of Representatives where I had the honor of representing Northern Colorado Springs. Um, And my main role in the legislature, I was the ranking member on the House Business Affairs and Labor Committee, so certainly worked extensively with the business network here in Colorado, as well as small businesses and advocacy organizations. Um, When I was not in the legislature, I did business development for a mid-sized hotel and resort property here in Colorado Springs, And then prior to my time doing all of that, served as district director for Congressman Doug Lamborn, who represents Southern Colorado in the U.S. Congress and also worked for him on Capitol Hill for a number of years. So when the uh, opportunity came about to take on this role and serve small business, uh, not only in Colorado, but what's known as Region 8, which encompasses Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, Utah, and North and South Dakota, um, I really just jumped at the opportunity, and certainly with some of the optimism we're seeing with respect to small business, um, it's been a great one and a half months on the job, but there's a lot of work to do. So uh, I'm just getting started, but so far, so good.
1: Well, that sounds like a perfect fit for you. So well, first of all, just for purposes of definition, you know, so let's, let's start there. What qualifies as a small business?
0: You know, in terms of what qualifies as a small business, you know, obviously the definition varies drastically, but, you know, typically I think some of our definitions, and even by our standards, they vary drastically as well, but generally businesses 500 employees or less is kind of what's defined as a small business. Um, However, there's broader definitions, and our mission can even go about supporting businesses above and beyond that. So it, it is a broad definition.
1: Right. Now I, I see that you went on a listening tour uh, to start off your tenure. So, so what'd you hear?
0: You know, I think right now, certainly being one and a half months on the job, um, listening is of paramount importance. Government often does a great job dictating; we don't often do a great job listening. So, my job right now, and what I really wanted to prioritize coming into my new position, was going out throughout all of Colorado. Going out throughout all the other states that are encompassed in Region Eight, and really listening, listening to those small business owners, listening to elected officials, listening to advocacy organizations and chambers of commerce, and see how we, as an SBA, how our programs are working, what are being, what programs are efficient and effective, uh, what programs maybe need some work, improvement, and then most importantly, after we're listening, how can we take. Those that result, that feedback, and then tailor our services to serve those respective communities. So it's been a very busy and productive one-and-a-half month on the job. In terms of some feedback that we are hearing, certainly uh, one major theme that keeps coming up is with respect to bridging this divide between urban and rural population centers. Um, certainly, you know, if you're in Denver... You have access to a number of counseling, capital, contracting services that probably are not available maybe, for example, on the west slope of Colorado. So one major theme and one thing that we're going to be really prioritizing moving forward is how can we make those same services that are available for someone in Denver available for someone on the west slope or down in southern Colorado in Trinidad or La Junta, And again, making sure that we have. All of those opportunities available for entrepreneurs, regardless of where they may live.
1: So, you touched on the, the the variances in the region that you cover. So, let's let's go a little deeper into that. So, you know, it's it's easy for someone like you said in the metro area, we have all the resources at our fingertips. But what about some of the tribal nations that are that are out there in the hinterland of, of your region? what uh, What are you? What are the differences in your approach to those uh, people that need the services of the SBA?
0: Yeah, well, and that's a great point. I mean, and for further context, let me just tell you this. I kind of mentioned Region Eight encompasses Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Colorado, and Utah. But for full, the full parameter of that, that that's five hundred thousand square miles of territory. Uh, it is the most rural SBA region in the country, and most of the population centers within that region are a hundred thousand people or less. So obviously, getting this. Bridging this divide between urban and rural is going to be a huge priority. And then you mentioned in the tribal nations. Within Region 8, we also have 27 tribal nations, some of which are in very rural parts of the country. So I think in terms of our outreach, again, that's why we're doing this listening tour. I was up in Montana last week, met with the Native American Development Corporation up there um, about ideas and how we can better serve those tribal governments and populations have met with our here in Colorado, our uh, Bureau of Indian Affairs staff at the state level to see how we can do the same thing for the tribal governments in Southern Colorado. And some things we're talking about is obviously making ourselves more accessible, obviously visiting those reservations, seeing what services we can provide and tailoring those services to their needs. But also the conversation becomes, how can we use innovation and technology to better serve these populations so maybe it's having more webinars accessible on our uh, website or perhaps it's using online video feed technology to do those kind of more in-person in-depth um, counseling services but making sure they're tailored to their needs not just kind of some standard formatted uh, video feed that you might find on uh, just our website so again that's why we're listening right now we really want to get this right And we really want to make ourselves accessible, but also want to make sure that we tailor the services to the specific needs.
1: Right. So, you know, in in my years of of being an entrepreneur, and which is varied and deep, uh, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of misconceptions that people may have about the Small Business Administration. And, uh, you know, for me, I mean, I'll admit it. I I was thinking, you know, most of the services are probably tailored to, to helping someone start a business. But, you know, I see that you're promoting a business checkup. So tell me a little bit about that. And, you know, for people who are already in business, the SBA offers a lot of help. So talk about that.
0: Well, absolutely. You know, and that's one of the things that we're seeing right now. Certainly the SBA serves a population of potential entrepreneurs, those that may be looking to enter into the marketplace. But there's also this huge existing population of small business owners that have already done it. Um, But then it begs the question, obviously, over time, you need to do a checkup. And how can the SBA assist in that? So right now, I think what we're seeing in this kind of environment is a historic level of small business optimism. We are seeing that small businesses are seeing that this is a good time to reinvest in their business. Well, with the SBA, one of the main things that we do is uh, capital, offer lending programs that might be used to help existing businesses expand. We have two flagship loan programs, our 7A and our 504, both of which really support job creation and economic development through guaranteed loans. But more than that, we also offer counseling. So we provide education, information, technical assistance, and training free of charge for a lot of existing business owners, some of which may want to, for instance, get into government contracting or procurement. You know, that's often a hard bubble to burst, but once you know how to do it, once you're able to enter into that avenue, um, there's a way forward, and that's where the SBA can come alongside with our counseling services and the programs that we already have in place to help existing businesses grow. So
1: so what, what services that the SBA offers would you say is the most underused?
0: You know, in terms of under, you know, I think we're often known, and, and our administrator, Linda McMahon, has often said that overall the SBA is the, the best federal government program that or the federal agency that no one has heard of. And so if we're really trying to change that. I think SBA is often associated with capital. Um, certainly our loan programs have been very popular. But I think what could be under, you know, underserved and maybe not underutilized, as you might say, is, is our contracting, um, our cont- contracting assistance. Obviously, the federal government is the largest purchaser of goods in the entire nation. Um, we're talking billions and billions of dollars of contracts. And amongst those contracts, we national goal that 23% of all prime federal government contract dollars go to small business. So that's obviously a great opportunity. However, again, it's helping small business understand how that procurement process works and how they can become involved in it. And once they are, there's great avenue for opportunity and certainly great avenue for businesses to grow and expand in that arena.
1: So, Dan, let, let's go back to... Uh the business checkup as one of the services that you offer. So I would imagine, you know, a a small business operator sitting there thinking, you know, I'm all alone in the world. I don't know what steps to take next or if I'm doing the right thing. So this might be a tool that they could make use of. What does it entail? Talk a bit about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially for small business owners and managers, um, unlike their larger counterparts, small firms rarely have the resources to monitor and take corrective action for every new trend and issue so we're really trying to help small business by advising them and just giving them kind of a set of guidelines to determine if their company is ready for the coming year so some of the key points that we're trying to convey with the small business checkup is first you know talking to your banker about your company's financial status lenders often experience uh, in advising managers and owners on specific issues with respect to them and so they're usually in a good position to have, uh, you know, obviously a review of your end financial statements, but as well as just kind of offering an honest appraisal as to where you stand. And then certainly in this environment, as we're looking at companies, a lot of which are talking about reinvesting in their company, this is probably the perfect time to have that honest appraisal and really determine where their cash flow position is for the coming years. Um, You know, the second point we're trying to make is it's always good to strengthen your relationship with creditors. Um, It might even be time to renegotiate terms or change payment amounts on overdue bills. So, again, just having that uh, conversation with your lender is always a good thing and probably will end with some positive outcomes and resolutions. Um, And then we also want to make sure all expenditures are justified and contribute to the financial health of your business. You, want, you might want to redirect money to different areas, um, but certainly you want to carry an inventory of products and check the accuracy of records to ensure that uh, there's procedures in place to prevent losses and uh, maybe revenue streams that shouldn't be going to where they're going. So just a, a not, an avenue to reevaluate and justify the mission of your business. And then, you know, fifth and, and kind of one of our last steps is stepping up marketing efforts. Uh, many business owners mistakenly see marketing as a luxury, and in actuality, this is a great time right now for small business to be increasing marketing, um, certainly assuring customers and reassuring existing customers that you're still the right person to serve them, the right small business to serve them. So we offer a lot on all of those areas that I've mentioned, and certainly more information can be provided on our training programs and kind of our business checklist But you can do that by visiting at www.sba.gov, and again, that's www.sba.gov.
1: Okay, so what do you perceive, in your your short time in the role, but what what do you perceive as the biggest challenge uh, that small businesses are facing in in the current environment economically and otherwise?
0: You know, since since 2013, um, taxes and regulations have really been the top two issues for small business, um, however, I think with the, kind of the relief delivered with this new administration in 2017, um, those two issues I think are certainly at the forefront, but have been resolved in large part by tax reform as well as some regulatory relief efforts that we've seen out in D.C., certainly much more work needs to be done on those issues. But what I'm hearing from small businesses is we're seeing an environment where skilled labor is really the challenge. Um, And this is not unique just to here in Colorado. This is really a systemic issue, Um, whether it's welders, HVAC technicians, um, electricians. There are so many jobs available in those sectors, but they're going unfilled because employers cannot find individuals with those skill sets. In response, uh, I know the president has signed an executive order increasing funding in the number of apprenticeships. And here locally, a lot of state and business organizations have established their own programs to try and fill those needs. But I think in terms of the SBA, there's really a great opportunity for us to come alongside those new programs that have been established and be, be willing and ready to train these potential new entrepreneurs that may be coming out of vocational and trade schools with those respective trainings. You know, if you're an electrician that's getting a certification at a community college, well, you're gonna be in prime position to be a contractor once you graduate. But you may not know how to run a small business. You may not know the nuances of the federal tax code or the regulatory model of your respective state. That's a great opportunity for the SBA to come in with our umbrella of services and provide that information to them. So I think skilled labor is one of the top things I'm hearing about and certainly moving forward, something the SBA is looking forward to working on.
1: So, Dan, something that you mentioned, you know, the kind of people that, that uh, come out of, of their, their uh, s- schooling uh, in their professions, in the, but they don't necessarily have a business background, uh, you know, what comes to mind for me, you know, in my personal experience in engaging, uh, you know, my physician's office, it's, its, it's uh, I get great treatment, you know, medically they're, they're skilled, but, you know, there's no business component to to med school, so you know, they're, they're oftentimes floundering, and, and, and I've seen practices close. So, you know, what do you, what do you offer for, for businesses that are in that boat where they're, they're professional but they don't have a business uh, background and, and they need to address that?
0: Yeah, well, and that's a great point, and certainly we see that a lot. Um, whether it's a physician's office, obviously their training is in the arena of science and medical care, Um, But it's not just specific to them. I mean, we deal with a lot of small businesses, maybe mom-and-pop restaurants, where their training is in culinary skills, but they've never done a business before. That's the great thing about the SBA, whether you're a high-class doctor or someone perhaps looking just to get out of school in the art of welding, or if you are um, perhaps starting a restaurant. Our umbrella of services are really applicable to all of those examples. And specifically, you know, it's what we offer. It's kind of known as the three C's and a D. This is what the SBA is offering in terms of small business assistance. First C being counseling. We provide education, information, technical assistance, and training free of charge to anyone, whether that be in person, face-to-face, online advising, mentoring, Um, we are really equipped to provide counseling and training for every stage of business growth and development. Um, The other C, contracting. We discussed this earlier in our interview, but so many small businesses want to do business with the federal government. It's the largest federal procurer of goods in the country. Well, they oftentimes don't know how to bid and compete on those government contracts. The SBA has services and counseling to help you do that. Um, Capital, the third C, and perhaps the most important. This is one that we hear often a lot of times from small businesses as being the hardest part to accomplish. Well, we have capital loan guarantee programs in partnership with our lenders uh, to help start up businesses and l- help launch them or as well as expand existing businesses. And then kind of on a side note, the third being, dis- or the fourth, excuse me, being disaster assistance a lot of people don't realize that the SBA does disaster assistance work. Um, And certainly this past year, whether it's been the hurricane in Florida or Texas, we've been very busy. And so the SBA can actually come alongside and provide disaster emergency loans for small businesses that have been affected by those disasters. So as well as uh, we actually offer direct loans for homeowners in those instances as well. Another area that people don't realize the SBA is involved with. So there's so many services under our structure. We're really equipped to handle everyone from your local physician to your local mom and pop restaurant owner.
1: So Dan, in today's market, you know, with with big corporate retailers out there like the Amazons, the Walmarts, the Red Lobsters, you know, the Applebee's, does does the entrepreneur still have a shot?
0: I really think they do have a shot. And I think that's why we're seeing such historic optimism in terms of small business sentiment and the environment for starting a small business, um, you know, there are challenges. It's not easy to open a small business, but that's why I think the SBA's role is more important than ever. We're able, ready, and willing to come alongside those potential entrepreneurs. And to anyone out there thinking about starting a small business, please contact us, visit SBA.gov, visit your local district office. We have so many services available. I know it can feel daunting, but we are ready, able, and willing to stand alongside you. And I think now more than ever, in light of tax reform, regulatory relief, um, it's a great time to start a small business.
1: And we're, uh, we're just about out of time. So, Dan, let me, let me ask you the, the, the big question here uh, before we run out of time. Is the American dream still alive?
0: Absolutely. The American dream is still alive. And I think what we're seeing right now in terms of small business and the potential for people to enter the marketplace, um, I think the American dream is better than ever. I mean, you look at some of the accomplishments this past year, specifically with respect to tax reform. um, We're looking at five and a half trillion dollars in tax cuts. That's really going to incentivize businesses to build, grow and hire in America. So. Um, When I'm out in the field, when I'm talking to potential entrepreneurs, when I'm talking to small business owners, without fail, they tell me that in light of some of those recent actions, in light of the money from tax cuts, they're going to use it to reinvest in their companies. They're going to increase wages. They're going to hire more people, and they're going to buy more equipment. And and most importantly, they're saying, you know what? We've been on the sideline for a few years, but now we're going to actually get out there and start our own business. So. From every indication I've heard, at least on my month and a half in the job, it has been very positive and leads me to believe that the American dream is very much alive and well.
1: Excellent. One more time, Dan, why don't you give us the, the, the best way to reach out to the SBA?
0: You know, absolutely. Um, and thanks again, David, for the opportunity to be here today. Certainly with any questions or inquiries you might have, would encourage you to go to SBA.gov. Every state in the country has an SBA office. Ours here in Colorado is located in Denver. But we have several service partners throughout the state, so the best way is to go to sbi.gov, go to your specific state, and find out the nearest resource near you.
1: Outstanding. My guest has been Dan Nordberg, the newly minted Regional 8 Administrator for the Small Business Administration. Uh, I'm David Venzetter. This has been Colorado Issues.